When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to CHO Bulls post game. Coming to you live following the Bulls 140 to 131 loss to the Golden State Warriors on the Bulls inaugural Ring of Honor night. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I am Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by my guy, Mark MK Hoops on the Twitter handle. Our pal producer, Joyce Bathis, behind the scenes on the controls. Big Dave will be joining us momentarily. We will also hear from Willigo Gottlieb from the United Center. He was there tonight to watch the game and the festivities. Um, wow. What a weird thing that we all just witnessed. Um, incredible Bulls basketball for a half. One of the weirdest and saddest things I've ever witnessed as a Bulls fan at halftime. And then Clay and Steph saying not so fast as we were talking about the Warriors' demise in pregame, Mark. The Bulls... <laughs> To their credit, make a, a valiant effort to, c- to come back in that fourth quarter. Zach and Kobe both hitting big buckets. Another solid game for both of them. We can get to that a little bit later. Um, but I feel like you can't bury the lead of what Bulls fans all just witnessed tonight, Mark, uh, on a night that was supposed to be a happy festive occasion, honoring some of the greats who have put on a Bulls jersey throughout the years, including several champion Chicago Bulls, um, dampened by some truly horrific behavior from Bulls fans at the United Center tonight. Mark, Mark, how are you doing, man? How are you processing all of this? Yeah, uh, it's, it's odd. I mean, we were talking just before we went live about about our feelings about the situation um, more generally. Or, you know, I just asked, you know, how, how are you going sort of thing? And that's where the conversation naturally went. And I think it was interesting that you and I had shared similar feelings in the sense that it was kind of even hard to focus on the basketball game at hand in the second half based on what occurred during halftime with the Ring of Honor stuff. And I don't want to sound overly dramatic and I don't think I am being and I'm seeing people in the comments. I'm also seeing people in, on Twitter as well feeling very similar. But like what we saw at halftime with the Ring of Honor thing with Jerry Krause's, um, his, his widow, uh, Thelma Krause, the way the fans reacted to Krause and obviously booing him in that situation it really threw me, man. I was not expecting like I was I was expecting to be moved by the Ring of Honor, which I was, but maybe not in the way that I was expecting. Um, so I'm still still trying to get my head around it, to be honest with you. I've still thrown by it all. I don't even know if I really even want to talk about it. It feels silly talking about the basketball game. It, it kind of feels inconsequential. Like in, in and in some respects, this game was inconsequential given the fact that we were honoring the legends of this franchise, who they all were, that this 
moment was meant to be bigger than this specific game at hand. But yeah, I don't know. I just I'm still collecting my thoughts. I'm rambling a little bit here, but it's I'm just shocked and saddened and honestly embarrassed that this has happened and that I'm in some way or form associated with the fan the fan base right now. Like it's just extremely disappointing. Big Dave joining us now. Follow him on Twitter. Bow BWL Sports. Uh, Dave, we're just starting out with the headline that we can't ignore uh, tonight was about the the Bulls Ring of Honor ceremony and and what we all saw, uh, what we all saw happen uh, during that halftime. Um, and, and the the Bulls fans in the United Center tonight loudly booing Jerry Cross with his widow Thelma on the the UC floor. What what were your thoughts on that? Okay. I'm I'm gonna come at this from two different sides. Uh, the first side I'm I'm gonna come at it from the the fact that I feel if you go to an arena and you pay money to an arena, you have the right to voice your opinion however you feel like voicing it. You got the right to boo, you got the right to cheer, you got the right to yell. Um, that's your thing. You pay your money, hundreds, thousands, whatever dollars you pay to get there and have that opinion. So in that aspect, I completely get it because it, you're booing basketball. I think that's how I looked at it. Like you're booing somebody you don't like because of basketball. On the other side of it, it is complete bullshit. And to boo someone who isn't here, to back that up and to just sit there and continue carrying and harboring, you know, those kind of feelings feel childish to me. Um, it's not something that I think people should still be carrying around in their souls because for me, it's never that deep. Um, it would be like, and Matt, you know, I can't stand, uh, the Miami heat and I can't stand the Detroit Pistons and I can't stand the New York Knicks. I hate them all as teams. Whenever greatness is talked about or accomplishments are talked about, and you know this, Matt. My second favorite, my sec, who I feel is the second greatest point guard of all time is Isaiah Thomas. So you're on a team that I despise from an era that I despise that team from. But if we're just talking about them now, I'm like, yeah, I can stand them, man. But hey, respect, you know, for what you did, you know, respect for what you brought. Uh, you will send me, you know, give that kind of respect. That's how I was always kind of raised, you know, by my parents, my mother, especially my mother in general was always like, you ain't got to like everything. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the point. The point is to show respect. And the lack of respect from your own hometown when you built that is is some bullshit. And his wife, man, bro, like you saw it on her face, man. Like, it just, it was, it was, it was, it was hurtful, you know? It was really hurtful uh, for her. So I kind of felt like her pain of it. And it just really sucked because I, I think she went in there expecting to be hugged. You know what I mean? Like to be hugged by these fans for, you know, what things transpired and how it went about. But to be shown to it like that just really sucked. And and it was funny because I didn't really hear the bulls until I went back and I watched the other video from it. You it know what I mean? Loud. It was no, loud. It was when I went back and watched the other video from it that I caught it because I just thought people were – and then I'm looking at her face and I'm like, that's a weird way to look when somebody's cheering you. You know what I mean? That was my first thought. But then I went back and I listened and I heard it and just those boos. So, listen, like I said, you, you can pay your money and boo and feel however you want to feel. But that lack of class, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that is complete bullshit. I'm not saying telling you I'm a Jerry Krause fan, you know, because I never really was a fan. But I know what he did, you know, and I have respect for that. I'm like, well, without him, I can't say whether I would have won six championships or not without him because I didn't see it happen without him. Obviously, he was a part of it. Scottie Pippen's not here without him. The people that he brought to this team that he helped build was important, you know, like incredibly important, the moves that he made. So all the people that you cheering, you know, that you love, two two of the three that weren't there were because of Jerry Krause. Mm -hmm. So you can't, I'm not going to sit here and remove, you know, what he did, you know, for this team to help bring them these championships. So like I said, got the right to feel how you feel, but this is how I feel. I feel it was classless. I felt it was trash and I felt it was some bullshit, man. And his, his wife didn't deserve nothing like that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, well said by both of you. Uh, Brian Ogle in the comments said, Matt, all you do is yell nonsense when you're definitely, you are definitely the person to boo Jerry. Let's be real. I feel like those of you who have followed along with our content and my takes on the Bulls over the years know that there is a Jerry who I have a problem with. And it's not Jerry Krause. I will admit that that man had his faults and flaws. But even in an, in a tweet I had last night, quote tweeting something that Casey Johnson tweeted with Jerry Reinsworth's remark at the gala about Krause and how he wished he was there, while seemingly dismissing the absences that are also very obvious of Michael and Scotty, the two most important players in history, the two players who won you year six championships, in that very same tweet, I said, I respect Jerry Krause. I wrote a column earlier this season trying to convince Jerry Reinsdorf and his family to sell the team because I am sick of losing. And in that column, I wrote about everything Jerry, Jerry Krause did to build the Bulls dynasty. Y'all, to your credit, and we appreciate it, we don't take it lightly, often say to us, when you engage with us, you view our content, you, you you tune into our coverage, say that you enjoy engaging in Bulls talk with Bulls fans, which is what we are, but that you also feel like we speak not just as Bulls fans, but for Bulls fans. We don't take that lightly. As someone who is humbled and knows what it means to have a platform to speak for Bulls fans, Thelma Krause, we apologize. That was absolutely disgusting behavior. I mean, I, I, I mean, what, what, why do you think it's still funny to yell and boo at Jerry Krause? May he rest in peace. Do you think it's funny to do that when his widow is sitting out there on the court with a spotlight shining on her? Why? And and here's the thing. As I was reacting to this, like unfolding live in front of us on Twitter, I saw nothing but other Bulls fans commenting in my replies and having their own tweets saying, this is shameful. Why are they doing this? So who were you? The people who filled the United Center tonight, who the hell are you? Because real Bulls fans know just how important Jerry Krause was to building that dynasty. And it wasn't just some of the, you know, the personnel moves that you you touched on there, Dave. We don't get Scotty. We don't get Horace. We don't get Rodman. We don't get this player and that player. Without Jerry Krause, we don't have Phil Jackson and Tex Winter without Jerry Krause. I understand that he wasn't a very liked person, personality-wise. I understand 
that the greatest basketball player of all time and the most adored public figure of all time did nothing but make fun of him and demean him and belittle him. And by God, you know what? Tonight, I'm a little bit mad at MJ for the last dance and what it did to this man's legacy. We get it, MJ. You have an ego. It's the biggest ego in the room, and you're a winner, and you're a six-time champion, and we all will worship the freaking ground you walk on for the rest of time. But MJ, who was not there tonight, bears some responsibility for the people, whoever they were, because they're sure as shit not real Bulls fans, yelling and booing to a crying widow in that building tonight. MJ is responsible for this. And I am a Bulls fan who has worshipped MJ since I was old enough to walk and watch basketball on television. But that is disgusting behavior. The Bulls are not six-time world champions without Jerry Krause. What the hell are we doing? Yeah, and look, there's also, I mean, there's booing and there's booing, right? Like, there's a time and a place. I understand what you're saying, Dave, before, and and I'm not saying that you're obviously defending these things. You're clearly not. You made that very clear. But people can go and boo when it's about basketball. Matt can go to a basketball game and boo Jerry Reinsdorf. This is not any way equivalent to what we saw tonight. Like, come on. Like, how could anyone even make any correlation between that in, in any shape or form? Like, if you want to go and pay 200 bucks to go see the Bulls, and let, let's be real. Like, it, it costs a lot of money to go see these Bulls, uh, to see the Bulls play or any team play. Like, if you want to pay that hard-earned and go there and boo and do your thing as a fan, fine. But be, make it be about the basketball, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to boo Jerry Reinsdorf because he doesn't pay the tax, cool. If you want to boo Billy Donovan because you don't like his rotations, cool. If you want to boo Zach Levine because he missed a defensive rotation or Vooch because he was slow-footed or whatever, like anything about the basketball, if you want to boo about that, fine. I don't agree with it. Like, that's not me, but cool. If you want a fan like that, you can. But you got to know your time and place with certain things. This was meant to be a moment of pride, a moment whereby we as fans can look back on the last 30, 40, 50 years of this franchise and the people of, who have made this franchise and just celebrate their successes. To to your point before, Dave, like irrespective of how you feel about Jerry Krause, like even if there were bad elements to it all, there was things that made sense both on and off the court. His legacy is what it is. It should be celebrated. Yes, I completely agree with you too, Matt, that there are some pretty damn important stakeholders and figureheads of this organization that have contributed to all this. But even beyond that, like whilst I definitely agree with all that, that guys like MJ, Scotty, Phil, whomever it may be, have contributed to how how fans feel about Jerry Krause, even if that is all true, fans made the decision tonight, not all, but some, to boo the man. You didn't need to do that. Even if even if irrespective of what the narrative is around the man, you could have paused. You had the decision yourself as a fan who was in attendance tonight to just pause that hate for a brief moment in time and say, at this moment, we're just going to celebrate the dude. He's not even here. We can see his his widow is here. She's here on his behalf to celebrate. All you had to do was just shut up for 15 seconds. Like Even if you don't want to clap or cheer or anything, all you needed to do was shut the fuck up for 15 seconds. But people couldn't even do that. So it's disappointing. It's frustrating and booing isn't equal. It never is. And if people don't understand the difference, then that's on you. Yeah, yeah. And and that's completely true. And listen, and I don't tell people how to feel. That's not my thing. 
but I have no problem disagreeing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and expressing my point and, and how I feel about that. So fans feeling like that, I, I think you're wrong. You know, you can feel how you feel, but it's completely, it's the class part of it that I don't like, you know? It's just classless to boo somebody who's not with us to defend themselves, you know, and treating him in that kind of manner. I don't, I, I just don't like it. And they've never... And I don't think it's a new thing. Like I don't agree with Matt when he when he puts that on Jordan. I don't I don't agree with that. Uh, I I agree. Mike never liked him and has never really said nothing nice about him and has had mean things to say about him. And I and I understand Matt's point of it is people are definitely influenced by Michael Jordan. And so if Mike says something, you know, some people might take it as law. Hell, his his point to that is look at the shoes that you buy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I understand the point that Matt's making. I just don't agree with that. Because for me, these grown ass people with these opinions about him, and I again, I still didn't like Jerry Krause as as when he was here as a GM. But I'm just talking about this situation, you know, when he's not here with us to defend himself, and his wife is there. There has to be something that clicks in your brain that says, you know what, this ain't the time. It's all right, you know what, just respect, you know, like that. Scottie Pippen didn't like Jerry Krause, you know what I mean? He hated Jerry Krause, you know. It's what it is. Teams ain't going to always get along with their organizations. I don't give a damn. That has nothing to do with the lack of respect for somebody who is no longer with us to sit here and, and boo him and to boo someone who had absolutely nothing to do with it, which was his wife. Bro, it was his wife. Like, you don't do that, you know, to his wife. Watching Tex Winters kids out there and Jerry uh, Red Curve, I'm sorry, and, uh, and uh, Red Curve, Johnny Red Curve's uh, kids out there you know, they're just out there to represent, you know, for them. You see them, you applaud, you do it like that, and, and you move on. But to sit there and still have some kind of hate and vitriol for somebody who's no longer with us, who helped, whether you like it or not, help build this team and this and this this uh uh sense of this aura that this this Chicago Bulls franchise kind of has, it's classless, man. It's, and that's the word I keep coming back to, y'all. Like it's classless. And I think Matt was hitting it on the head when he was calling it embarrassing, you know, because I wasn't looking at it until like in that fashion until he started speaking that. And he's right because everybody was watching, mm-hmm. you know, NBA, the NBA website was promoting this. People were tuning in to see it. So to see that happen, that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? To have it happen on your own home floor like that, bro. So it's, it's bullshit. It's embarrassing. Shame on everybody who is out there booing. This man, like, he didn't deserve that. I cannot like the person as a GM, but I can respect the person. And that's what it's about. You have to respect him for what he did for this franchise, man. It's, it was classless and and terrible. Yes. The, the South Garcon in the comments said, Mike didn't produce, fund, or write The Last Dance. Okay, if you think that MJ didn't have creative control over that documentary, <laughs> you're fucking kidding yourself. Seriously? Yeah, that's seriously. True. That's true. That, I mean, look, I, I soak it up. I've told I've admitted to y'all. I've watched that documentary a fucking dozen times over. Yeah. I, you know, I yeah. tap my veins with that when I'm sad as a Bulls fan. But it is MJ propaganda. Let's call a spade a spade. That's what it is. Um, and uh, where'd it go? There was. Oh, I, there was a comment here that I really liked um, about uh, about Jerry. Oh, Pete. Uh, Pete's. Six seven eight seven, Reinsdorf opens the space for this kind of behavior by trying to nostalgia wash how horrible this program is run with a ring of honor. 
Fans know it's all nonsense. Class has gone out the window. And great comment. And let me kind of amend what I said earlier. And Dave, I think you're fair to, to disagree and push back a little bit. I'm not blaming Michael solely or right. in majority for what we witnessed happen to Jerry Krause and his widow tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that MJ and that documentary had something to do with it. You can't mm. deny that. Mm. The person who I have always felt is most responsible anytime the Bulls get embarrassed on the world stage is the other Jerry, the, the chairman Jerry. Because when you were talking, Dave, about your right to boo and Mark, you talking honestly about how booing has never really been your thing, even though you certainly are at times frustrated as a Bulls fan. I, you know, y'all may have caught it. We were doing one of our takeovers earlier this season, and I was in the United Center booing loudly. I heard about that. Booing loudly, mm-hmm. yelling from the 300 section, sell the team. I was not booing Jerry Krause. I was booing the other Jerry because as a sports fan my entire life, I basically have boiled it down to there are three legitimate, valid reasons to boo. If you are a sports fan watching the team you love, a lack of effort, Mm -hmm. an indifference towards winning, and embarrassingly repetitive losing. And since the dynasty ended, sadly, Bulls fans have had to put up with all three of those Mm. a lot. And that's what makes me boo. Guess what Jerry Krause didn't do? He didn't not try. He didn't have an indifference towards winning. He was obsessed with it. And he won six championships. That's not shit that I'm going to boo. Why would you boo that? Bulls fans are obsessed with the dynasty. And the fact that we haven't tasted winning since it ended 25 years ago. I boo indifference. I boo incompetence. And I boo repetitive losing. And that's why I boo the owners of this franchise. Not the GM who architected six championship teams. Mm Mm-hmm. What the hell are the rest of you booing? Mm. Well, look, look, let's be clear. Like, even if that's not who I am as a fan, like, I'm not sitting here saying you're wrong or dumb or stupid for feeling that way or booing that way. Like, if you want to do that, you can. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say you can't when it's about yeah, basketball. It's to you. Right. You can when it. it's about basketball. Like, that's the key caveat here. Like, even right. c- coming back to the comment that you referenced there, like, I was going to bring it up maybe from a different perspective. This isn't on Jerry Reinsdorf either. Like, I'm not a Jerry defender. I have my issues with Jerry Reinsdorf more generally or the Reinsdorf more generally for a number of different reasons, mm-hmm. of, of which Matt just referenced there. <laughs> but even if we wanted to, even if they were, like, we, we spoke about it about in pregame, that we, as Bulls fans, understood that there might be ulterior motives for what ownership are trying to achieve here with this Ring of Honor thing and playing on that nostalgia card. Even if you want to be skeptical and think that and you want to say that, uh, you know, this isn't something that we needed to do or we celebrate the past too much that we need to improve the current product going forward, etc. Like, we can all agree on that. And again, I'm not a Jerry Reinsdorf supporter, but him and Michael and whoever else connected with this organization wanting to celebrate the past, to, to give fans and the people involved, whether it's the players, coaches, whomever, this moment to be honored. It's not Jerry Reinsdorf's fault that, again, that the fans decided to be classless. Jerry shouldn't just be... Jerry or Michael, whomever, whoever it, uh, wanted to create this event, they shouldn't be fearing or be putting away this idea of, hey, should we have a, a ringer on of 
for the legends of this franchise just in the event that some people want to be absolute fucking tool bags and my boo uh you know a, a man that's no longer here like you don't yeah. how are we blaming jared reinsel for for this so uh, I'm not suggesting a lot of people are, or that you know that the majority is. But in, in the rare instances, some people might be doing it. again. Let's talk about it from a non-basketball point of view. This is what what we're what we're, what we're discussing here—the Ring of Honor thing. Like, I've got my issues with Jerry more generally, but if Jerry wanting to do this, or Michael wanting to do this, the Reinsdorf's wanting to do this, is not the reason why Jerry Krause was booed tonight. So, anyone suggesting that? Or that the fact that the Bulls opened up this level of criticism, like just 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 miss me with that, please. I mean, I, I I'm going to push back on you a little bit there, Mark, because okay. I think that Jerry Reinsdorf is oblivious enough, not knowing what's going on with the general pulse and beat of Bulls fans, and hasn't been for decades now. To and look, obviously, we don't know what conversations were had leading up to this, who was participating, who wasn't, and how it was going to go down. But when the Bulls, and I mentioned this to you, Mark, before we went live, when the Bulls honored the 91 championship team on their 20th anniversary with a halftime ceremony at the United Center in 2011, when Jerry Krause was still with us, he took that court and waved to a sea of boos. Mm-hmm. A sea of boos. And look, was I a little bit taken aback and surprised and, and, and disappointedly surprised that Bulls fans booed that aggressively tonight when Jerry Krause's name was mentioned? Yeah, I thought maybe as a group we had moved past that a little bit by now. And again, maybe the last dance is a bit at fault for that. Here's a refresher course on why we should all hate Jerry Krause. But the the obliviousness of Jerry Reinsdorf or anyone else, Michael, whoever, organizing this event to say, you know, Bulls fans still really don't like Jerry Krause. And a lot of Bulls fans who are in the building tonight, who paid to be in the building tonight, who would much rather see Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen out on that stage. Maybe there's going to be maybe there's going to be some booing of Jerry Krause tonight, and maybe we shouldn't subject his widow to that. But yeah. no, Jerry's like, oh no, yeah, let's let's have Jerry's widow come out there and you know take a bow, wave to the crowd, completely oblivious to the fact that that could have gone sideways and really ugly, just like we saw it play out, exactly like that. There, like, it would not surprise me at all if that thought didn't even enter Reinsdorf's mind. I understand what you're saying, and I get it on some level. But at the same time, if if we're fearful of some idiots booing Jerry Krause because of whatever reason they want to boo again for non we're not talking about the basketball here at this point like and we're talking about things that occurred almost 30 years ago at this point are we saying then because i mean jerry krause is always going to be connected to that to the dynasties he's always going to be connected to the bulls are we saying that we don't want to celebrate formally those great great amazing teams and people including jerry krause including everyone else because we're fearful that a few bozos might be disrespectful. Like, I don't think we should not give the opportunity to the all these other people. Like, how great was it seeing Phil and the, the level of reception that he got? Like, that was Amazing. an incredible moment. Like, I want to see shit like that. Again, even though, though I think there might be some ulterior motives, even though I'm skeptical about why the Bulls wanted to do this now, then and now in this particular season, I can think all that. But at the same time, like, I don't want this franchise to not have the opportunity to celebrate all the all these incredible people that have come through the organization just because 
there might be some idiots out there that might boo a man that's no longer with us. Like you can't pause or not have these sorts of events or respect your 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 previous greats just because there's a few uh, douches amongst the fan base that are going to do something like this. And I, I completely understand what you're saying that that ownership may be oblivious to this or maybe didn't consider this or that you know there's aspects of of things that are occurring from a narrative point of view that have been fueling this in the in the background. But I don't think that not having this event or not opening up an opportunity like this or not, you know, bringing out his widow or whoever would have been standing in his place. You can't not have the event at risk of these people being clowns. What needs to happen is people need to take accountability of their own actions. They can feel however they want to be about Jerry Krause. But like I said, just for 15 seconds, just pause your anger. You don't have to clap. You don't have to do anything. You can just stay silent. Just be a normal, empathetic human being. Right. That's all the people needed to do, and they couldn't. Yeah, and I think uh, someone in the comments said that, like, it's about basic levels of human decency. You know, just the bare minimum is what they were asking for. But I I, I agree with you, uh, Marque, on, on that. Because for me, it was – I don't think that they were oblivious to it, Matt. I think that they were like, well, man, if we're going to honor everybody and all this time has passed – Let's do it for Jerry too. Then let's let's put him in because he's involved with all of this. If we're gonna honor everyone, because you saw him honor everybody, and if we're gonna do that and leave him out, then when is the right time? Like, because I felt like they felt if they put him in this group, it would be a little more safer than putting him in, say, when they honor Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah and Taj Gibson and that team. That's something that he's not connected to. So I don't know when would be the right or wrong time to do this for Jerry Krause because it was going to happen. For Jerry Krause, like he was going to be honored. His name is hanging in the rafters. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's going to get honored. Like it's going to happen. So I just don't know if they, I just feel like they felt if we're going to, fine, let's do it with the greatest player of all time. Let's do it with Scotty Pimmel. Let's do it with the greatest team of all time. Let's do it with Red Kerr. You know, let's do it with Phil Jackson and Tex Winter and, and Chet Walker and Bob Love and Jerry Sloan and all these other greats that he could actually be connected to within that era and, and put him in that, and that would be a kind of hedge of protection somewhat for him. I think that's what the thought process was. I know you're probably thinking, Matt, I'm giving him too much credit, but I think that's probably the thought process of that is, is to try to give them him a little protection Then because it because my bottom line is, is it was going to happen, and they were going to give him some kind of honor because that's what he deserves. He deserves to be honored no matter how you felt about him as a GM. He deserved it. He deserved to be like, yeah, bro. All right, fine. You know what? This didn't happen without you. Fine. We'll give you this love. You know, we'll give you this love right here. What he didn't deserve was what he got as far as the reception was concerned. And you can't not, I agree with Marwin. You can't just move in fear like that of people being dumbasses and idiots because they're always going to be dumbasses and idiots who are going to, it doesn't matter the time or place or whenever it's going to happen. They're going to do dumb stuff like that. It's just it's hurtful and it's shameful and it's classless and all those things. But some of that stuff, people being dummies is just unavoidable sometimes. True, true. And it, last thing, and then we could take our first break and then move on. And we'll talk about the actual game. We promise. Um, I, it's like it's not like it's not like there was a smattering like of audible boos with some cheers or, or some awkward silence. That was a wall of booze that audibly came through all of our respective televisions, wherever we were watching. And that 20-some thousand seat capacity stadium 
It was a wall of booze. And we all sat there on Bulls Twitter saying, people are really boo- like, what? Why? How? Shameful, embarrassing, disgusting. Wow. I mean, that, that's not just like a few bad apples, as the saying goes. That is yeah. Bulls fans collectively in that building tonight loudly booed. And I honestly, like, I've, I've had a pit in my stomach since I watched it happen. I've, I've, mm. I, I can't remember a time as a Bulls fan where I have felt more ashamed mm. and embarrassed and disgusted than mm. I do tonight because, wow. That's saying a uh, lot. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It is saying a lot. Mm. Um, okay, let's uh, hard pivot. We'll take a break. <laughs> Shout out to the sponsors. So we'll come back and talk about the, the beauteousness and the sad ending of the basketball we saw on the floor tonight. While we're doing that, you know what to do. Hit that thumbs up button. Do it for do it for Thelma. Or if you don't want to do it for Thelma, do it for Joey. Uh, make sure you also subscribe to the CSGO Sports YouTube channel. Tonight's CSGO Bulls postgame brought to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA season is in full swing. And when I can't get enough of the action on the court, I spice things up by betting on DraftKings, official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Again, that's 5 bucks down on any NBA action. Take a, a player prop, take an over-under, take a spread, Five bucks down on any bet, and it doesn't even matter if you win the bet. Even if you lose the bet, you're still getting that 200 instantly in bonus bets to keep having fun watching the NBA and putting a little extra scratch in your pocket. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with that promo code CHGO. Again, five bucks down on any NBA action nets you 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. You know what you're going to need in the new year when you're making all that money? You're going to need some new floors, man. All that jumping up and down you're going to be doing, you're going to be excited. You're going to need to replace those floors. And there's only one place you have to go to, y'all. That's Empire Today because all they do is floors, 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 no matter what. And with Empire Today... You get to shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and of course, the awesome low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So of course, like any other great thing, they have copycats. But Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, speed, and competitors understand that. So they try to advertise low quality products that Empire just won't do. Why? Because they have class. And they won't do things like that. They just trying to see you get what you really need and be happy with your purchase. Because anyone who does that is just putting flooring in the home that they wouldn't put in their own, y'all. And they know they wouldn't do it. Guess who they would call to do? They would call Empire. I promise you. The competition would call Empire to handle that and take care of that. And they have the awesome virtual floor designer, which is a great way to see how those new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture, and instantly you will see how those new floors will look right in your home. Shopping for floors at a big box store can be very frustrating when you're walking around and you see Chip, the 16-year-old guy, just working there like, how are you? How can I help you today? Chip don't understand nothing about no floors. Chip just started two weeks ago, all right? He's just trying to get some money to hang out. 
He I'm, I'm picturing that zit-faced guy from The Simpsons that's who's exactly. like always like working at the movie theater or whatever. That's, that's exactly <laughs> who I'm doing, Matt. Well, Dude, you you nailed that voice like to a T. Yeah, like, Hello, Mr. Simpson. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> who I'm talking about. It's that dude right there. He's the one working trying to sell you floors. You don't trust him with no floors. You trust him with movie popcorn. You don't trust him with no floors, y'all. So make sure you're walking with Empire today service their own warranty so if you have an issue that does arise all you got to do is just call empire and they will service all warranties themselves you won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number so schedule a free in-home estimate today all listeners can receive a 350 dollar off discount that's 350 dollars off when they use that promo code CHGO, restrictions apply. See EmpireToday.com slash CHGO for details. 588-2300. Mark! Empire Today. Did I do it right? Dude, you, you, you crushed it. Do they play Empire uh, ads in uh, Australian no, I've got television? No, I have no idea. You guys do it. So I'm like, uh, if he throws to me, I'm going to figure out how to do this. But, um... I knew he was ready. That's where he's the goat! The goat! Looks like it's time for our guy, Will the Goat Gottlieb, to join us on the Goat Talk Hotline. Follow him on Twitter for all of his Bulls reporting and updates, Will underscore Gottlieb. Will, thanks for joining us, man. Obviously, a crazy night at the UC. Um, let's, I mean, uh, let's get your two cents on what we just spent the first half hour of the show talking about, which is the Ring of Honor ceremony uh, and the booing that, that we saw unfold. Yeah, um, I figured you guys would have spent some time on that. Um, so I guess, like, taking aside whatever it is that you think about the idea of the ceremony and, like, how the Bulls should have done it, like, I think... The fact that they're putting a ton of effort and energy like from like the whole operations and business and marketing side of the organization uh, invested a ton of time and effort and money into bringing all these franchise legends back. I thought it was a really cool thing that they got everybody together to do the red carpet last night. Um, and they had, you know, a private dinner that uh, a couple of the media members were able to attend. So they might be having stories uh, about their experience there, which you should look out for. Um, but I, I think just like a cool, classy thing to do. And then obviously the ceremony today, um, at halftime, they spend about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, we should have video of it up on, uh, our website or Twitter, or wherever you can find it. Um, just celebrating all these people. And, you know, when they said Phil Jackson, it was like an absolute roar. I mean, I didn't like, I was eight, six years old when the Bulls won their last championship. So I didn't ever really get to experience what it was like in the old Chicago stadium in the United center when the bulls were playing at their peak. I'd been to playoff games growing up with like Ben Gordon and Nocioni and Kirk Heinrich. Um, and that was incredible. Like that was the one playoff game I got to go to as a kid, but like the atmosphere, even just today when they were cheering for Phil Jackson was incredible. I mean, Michael and Scotty too, who weren't even here, the applause that they got, just the whole energy in the building was outstanding. Um, but yeah, and then Jerry Krause was booed and his wife Thelma was there receiving the honor from him. And it was just so disappointing. And I mean, I couldn't even really like believe that it was happening. Like I, I wanted to think that it was like, you know, when they introduce Vooch at the start of games, they do like the crowd goes Vooch. 
And I thought it was like, had something to do like that, but it was just really disappointing. I get people don't like him, but the idea of like celebrating the greatness of the Chicago Bulls franchise, the reason that all of us are tuning in to watch these games, that people are tuning in to watch our show post game because of how they feel about this team. You got to like put that aside for a moment and just acknowledge that there was historic greatness and legends being honored. And yeah, I was just really, really disappointed by that. Um, but, you know, outside of, outside of that, no, I guess I should say uh, Steve Kerr also had some comments after the game about just how disappointing that was for him. You know, he was, he was very careful not to like say all the fans should be ashamed of themselves, but he mm-hmm. very much said like the fans who booed should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, said after the game that you know nobody should have to endure something like that and that he's such a big part of what makes this franchise legendary Uh, and i totally agree with all that so just kind of a sad um like dampen you know cloud over this this whole event that was supposed to be like a really happy and positive thing and again you know you can call it corny or cheesy or whatever i don't necessarily disagree with that but the team put a lot into it and i think yeah it was just pretty sad way to have that actually play out. So, and then the the energy of the game totally shifted after that too. I mean, the Bulls yep. blew a 15 point lead. They gave up 48 points in the third quarter, which is second most points any team has scored this year. Um, got to see some vintage Steph and vintage clay, which was cool, but um, as well as the Bulls played offensively, they just could not stop anything. So just a weird night all around. Hmm. Well, uh, Will, let me say, first of all, it was not cool to see vintage clay and vintage Steph. That wasn't cool at all, uh, <laughs> but I understand where you're coming from. I get Will it. still got some of that Warriors blood. I know, in I know, you do. I, understand. <laughs> I get it. We talked about it in pregame. Oh, uh, that's what Mark K was kind of you know you, you know? you say that you love watching greatness and you can appreciate. No, that's greatness. all. You, I was about you to definitely get have to appreciate that. No, that's exactly what I was about head. to get to. I'm in your head. No, it's just yep. That's just what I was about to get to. It wasn't cool to see. But I had a fun time watching that game because I was watching greatness happen in front of my face, watching Steph and, and Clay just go into a time machine coming out in that third quarter. Um, but talk to me, Will, more so about the bench, though, of Golden State because <laughs> Joey's stupid. Because that's kind of what I thought was missing from this team that – was shocking to me, and I talked about it in pregame, that the chemistry of it, you know, those role-player guys that they thought would be able to carry them or float them a couple of games weren't doing that. And it was just kind of all on Steph, and it it changed tonight. Like, all those guys I, I talked about, like Wiggins, had a really excellent game, you know, for them tonight. And Kaminga, just out of nowhere, shooting like, what, 28% from three was four of four from the three-point line. Like, that's insane. So talk to me about that, though. And because it just really seemed like they really tapped into that kind of old Golden Golden State Warriors mystique with that ball movement and those other guys getting involved. Yeah, I mean, there's just a couple plays. One that really stands out where um, it was in the fourth quarter and there was some loose ball. I don't know if it was like an offensive rebound, but the Warriors had it. And Steph kind of came off of a curl and Kuminga just had this like high basketball IQ play where he just – turned and screened whoever was guarding Steph and that got him a three. Um, yeah. Steph had a couple of like wide open threes. There was one play where Zach just like completely lost track of the entire defensive play and Steph was wide open in the corner. Um, but to your point, like Steph did not start the game well. I think he was like two for 11 at one point or two for nine and everybody else was cooking. I mean, Wiggins had 
maybe his best game of the year. He's had a really tough season so far. Kuminga was shooting the lights out. Clay was kind of carrying them. Uh, Dario Sarge had a couple of, I think he may have had like eight or 10 points in the first quarter. Um, but yeah, and Steph was not playing well. And then all of a sudden, hanging around, hanging around, you make a surge in the third quarter. And then Steph kind of takes over in the fourth. So I think it was for the Warriors the kind of night that they needed where everybody else just had to step up. And that's really what they've been missing all year long. And yeah, for the Bulls, I mean, it's just really hard to win a game when you give up 20 made threes. It's just pretty much impossible to do that, as well as the Bulls shot the ball. And I'm sure you guys touched on all the numbers. I mean, DeRozan, 39 points on 15 of 21 shooting. Bulls, 58% from the field, 45% on threes, uh, 18 made threes. But it's just really hard to win a game when you go up 23s and when you only turn them over three times. That was a franchise record low for the Warriors, three turnovers in the game, which is incredible. It's something that the Bulls really pride themselves on and something that they do really well is win the turnover battle. And they got destroyed in that category tonight, which I think played a huge factor in that third quarter swing. So, William, I mean, the the defense was what it was in the third quarter, but I think what's being overshadowed in some respects as well is... Well, it was what it wasn't. It wasn't. (laughs) Well, it was was what it wasn't. But similarly, on that train of thought, the offense wasn't what it was in the second half as it was in the first half. Like, they gave up 48 points in the third quarter, but the Bulls themselves barely scored a point in, in the third quarter too. So, where was the tone within the locker room? Were they thinking defensively or offensively? Because I think depending on what angle we want to take here, I think there's, there was problems on both sides of the ball. But uh, the defense is getting a lot of the focus right now, and as it should because the Warriors went off. But what did you see from an offensive standpoint that sort of dried up in that second half? Well, I think in the third quarter particularly, the Bulls shot 0 for 9 on threes. They were 13 of 21 in the first half, scored obviously 75 points. And you just you can't really bank on that kind of success to sustained for 48 minutes. You're going to go through dry spells. Warriors kind of switched it up. Um, I went to Steve Kerr's availability after the game because I wanted to hear his thoughts on Jerry Cross, but he obviously was talking about the X's and O's too and said that, you know, they were throwing some zone out there, some box and one, just try to mess with the Bulls' timing. And I think it really did. I mean, they did not have any success in the half court and they weren't turning the ball over, like I said. So they weren't able to really generate anything in the half court. I think if you ask Billy or any of the players on the whole, I mean, what did they score? Like 130 in this game, 131. Like they're always going to be really happy with that kind of output. But the first thing that they'll all bring up is the defense and the fact that they weren't able to stop them at all. And that's offensive rebounds. It was not turning the ball over, um, putting them on the free throw throw line 30 times. I mean, just not the recipe to get stops. And it really did feel like, especially in that third quarter and, and down the stretch, that it was just runway to the basket wide open three or wide open layup and it's just you're not going to win games like that uh will we got people in the comments wondering about the you just touched on the warrior second chance points as to end results wanting to to hear more about that being the downfall like you said i mean the bulls score 130 shooting 58 percent from the field and 45 percent from three on 40 attempts i mean yeah they they cooled off in the second half but if, if, if those are your shooting numbers Offense is not why you lose the game. And uh, second chance points. I mean, I I know I saw some Bulls fans on Twitter tonight being like, oh, Billy's going small again. Uh, Somebody else in the comments was pointing out Vooch's very modest seven rebounds. What do you make of of Billy's rotation decisions tonight? And and did you see him sort of reacting to what Steve Kerr was putting out there? Uh, You know, Kaminga, for all of the drama around him, had a massive game off the bench tonight. 
Did did you see a correlation between Billy's decision rotation wise, leaning small, and the Bulls getting cooked uh, on the Warriors' second chance scoring opportunities? I don't really think so. I mean, combined Vujan Drummond still played forty five minutes, so they only went small for three minutes uh, without one of those traditional centers on the court. Um, and again, I mean, if you look at the four factors of this game, it was, you know, we talked about the Bulls scoring very efficiently, right? 136 points per possession, which is elite 94th percentile. They were, they actually won the effective field goal battle at 68.6 effective field goal percentage. But the Warriors were only had a 5.2 turnover rate, which is outstanding, uh, 99th percentile. They doubled up almost the Bulls on offensive rebounds and they got to the foul line um almost twice as many times so it's just really difficult when all those things are happening to win games and then obviously you know as the game goes on the momentum at certain points like it it does matter more at the end of the game than at the beginning if you're not able to get stops right like if the other team is really cooking down the end it's more likely that that second half will matter more than whatever defense they played in the first half so yeah i you know, I think in a lot of these scenarios, Billy's just trying to reach to find something that's working because he recognizes, hey, we're getting killed in this area. Let's switch it up. And so I think that as a coach, like that's your job to kind of massage the lineups or play around with stuff in that way. But it just, you always sacrifice something against the Warriors. The way they move the ball, the way they dive off of screens and handoffs, it's just really tough to contain. Vooch, they were switching him onto Steph, which I thought was like a little strange in the fifth, uh, in the fourth quarter. But Again, I think they were just trying a bunch of different stuff to try to, you know, cut the turn off the faucet, I guess, um, on that Warriors offense, which, which was just on absolute fire. Well, um, tell me quick about Zach Levine's game. He had another, I thought, really excellent game. Uh, 25 points, eight rebounds, uh, seven assists. Um, I do think, uh, you know, people might still feel he's more being a little tentative, you know, in certain aspects. But I thought we saw him being more aggressive especially in that fourth quarter. Um, how did you feel about his game? Do you feel like he was kind of holding back a little or he just played it pretty perfectly? I think it's just ever so slightly continuing to creep more towards like what we know Zach Levine to be. I think we're kind of in this middle ground where, you know, maybe it's 75 or 80% of the way there. Oh, it's just turned off in here. Um, should oh. I try to go figure this out? This is good podcasting. There we go. The quaff um, after dark. Let's I go. Feel, I feel was waiting for, for a rag to come around Will's mouth. And That's, how you know. for a second. <laughs> That's how you know it's uh, it's time for me it's to time. stop working. It's time. Right. Um, go ahead. I have no idea what I was talking about. Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Oh, yeah. Zach. I mean, I thought he played well. He's like starting to look a little bit more like himself. himself. He said a couple of times now that he's like, and he's, I, I don't know if he's using this term intentionally or not, but he says, like, I'm trying to play the way that they were playing or that they are playing, meaning, like, he's trying to fit in. And, yeah, I don't know if that's, like, an intentional wording of it or if I'm just reading between the lines, but it does seem like he's really actively trying to play the style play that is working for the Bulls. Um, you know, I think there's going to be moments where he just has tunnel vision and tries to score. There was one really bad turnover that he had. Um, I think it was his only turnover of the game, but he just like gave the ball away. So that stuff happens. But I think overall, you're looking at a much more rounded version of Zach Levine and one that's super dangerous because he is a threat in a ton of different scenarios. Like he's got opportunities to drive uh, 
attacking closeouts. He can pull up for three in transition. Like he's just really dangerous. And I think when you kind of confine the things that he does into what the Bulls want to do offensively, it just looks really good. Will, it's a late night. We know you have some writing to finish up, so we'll let you go. Um, thank you for giving our followers uh, and your followers a peek inside of the Ring of Honor ceremonies at the gala yesterday. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, I think my favorite part of the last 48 hours was seeing the videos of Luke Longley, like, talking to y'all, talking to the media at the gala yesterday, again today. Like, th- that was like the little rare diamond in the rough moment that I, that I as a Bulls fan enjoyed the most. It's really cool. Uh, Bulls fans, make sure you follow Will, Will underscore Godley, for all of his Bulls reporting and updates for us. Make sure you read everything the man writes. He's a brilliant man with a keyboard. All CHGO. Dot com is where you can find that writing. Will, we will see you tomorrow night for the second half of the back-to-back, buddy. I'll see you guys then. With that, let us take our second ad break. We'll come back to wrap up with a few more thoughts on tonight's game. I think I do want to get y'all's takes on what we saw from Zach tonight and maybe talk a little bit more about this, this Zach Levine that we're seeing. Uh, 28 days till the trade deadline. Uh, while we're taking the second ad break, if you didn't do it the first time around, give us that thumbs up. Do it for Joseph. Do it for the perfectly quaffed just sitting in the dark over there in the United Center. I, I was a little scared for Will for a second there. I'm not going to lie. Promise I promise you. I thought it was coming. Dave, do you <laughs> want to talk to me about comment for a second? You know what? That would make my day just so much better, Matt. Oh, mine too. Because, mm. you know, it's getting a little easier, Matt. Getting a little easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. I know Marquet knows this as well. I'm not telling him anything. He doesn't know. That's something that we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. That's right, Dave. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you've got one delivery van or, like George Spath, is a whole fleet of shipping trucks. ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. Mm -mm. So, man, what is it that business owners should do? Well, let me tell you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Go to comment.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, one, good for you. Kudos. That's dope. Two, don't wait. Start making your plan to today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business. Good for the planet. Good for us all. Go to comment.com slash clean. Oh, did you say comment.com slash clean? That's right, I did, Dave. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Ooh, I love those generations. Shout out to them. Mm. You know what else they need to be? They need to stay fly and need to stay cool looking. The only place you can do that at is FOCO. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Get those hoodies, those shoes, those signs, those bobbleheads, and everything in betwixt. It is playoff football time the nba season is in full swing basketball in college is going on so you want to make sure you are officially geared up for all of these awesome things y'all everything you're going to need for the game you can get it at foco and big shout out to them for what they did for our set decorations foco gave us a few pieces so since they showed us some love why don't you go ahead and show them some love check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-pre-sale items. Use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off because it's FOCO. Fo show.
Uh, all right, guys, let, let's talk a little bit more about Zach Levine. I'm curious to to hear uh, what you think, because my my takeaway from the first quarter, uh, which was sort of back and forth, very, you know, entertaining game uh, out of the gate, is that Zach Levine took one shot, which was a beautiful, just like pull up off the dribble three off a little screen on the left side. And he had four assists. And it seemed to me to be a continuation of this version of Zach we've seen since he returned from injury, which is, I'm going to try to show people that I can be more than just a need the ball to score and be effective, and I'm a one-dimensional player kind of guy. And as a Bulls fan, I've been sitting here wondering, who is Zach Levine trying to show that to? Is he trying to show that to the Bulls that he's buying in still he's still here he's bought in let's play team basketball i saw this i saw my teammates win a bunch of games while i was on the shelf rehabbing my foot and everybody said oh it's because zach's not playing he doesn't play team basketball he's not a team player he's not a winning player or is he doing this to try to show the 29 other teams that might still between now and february 8th be interested in trading for his services and at this point bulls fans might be wondering well if, if we can get this zach 25 points on efficient shooting with eight boards and seven assists and playing some noticeably more engaged defense. Is this still a guy we want to trade? And Mark, I've, I've noticed on Twitter the last few days, you've been kind of pointing out to Bulls fans like, well, well, there's one thing that as far as we know, hasn't changed, which is that Zach and the Bulls, as opposed to just the Bulls, right. have been shopping Zach Levine recently. What, right. what do you make of this new version of, that we're seeing of Zach in this handful of games? Yeah, look, I appreciate the version that we're seeing. Um, I question why we're at this point or why we needed to get to this point or why we had to go through all the shenanigans to arrive at this point to get this version of Zach Levine. Like, that's the frustrating element of it all, which uh, Will and I spoke about yesterday. But, like, I like uh, in isolation, I like what I'm seeing. But, like you, as you're inferring here, I'm questioning is this just a, hey, I'm doing this to, to fit in currently because ultimately I want to get out of here? Or is this him coming up with some some level of reckoning post his, his time away from the team, uh, the team playing as they did, him hearing maybe the noise about the lack of buying out there from a Zach Levine point of view in terms of other teams being interested because of all these reasons, him trying to go out of his way to maybe show all these teams that, hey, I can fit within a system, I can you know defend, whether it's on or off ball, whatever it might be, I can play within a scheme. So I, I, I still don't know what the answer to that is. And now Zach, you know, the biggest Zach fans out there will say, I know this is who he's always been. He's just doing Zach things. There's the Zach detractors will say, no, he's only doing this to, to get out of here. Like, I don't know what the real answer is. Um, I think we're going to find out what, what that answer is when Zach is either on a, on a different team or the level of Zach we get here in Chicago, assuming he stays post February 8th. I think that's when we'll find out whether this is true or not whether this is real or sustainable or not. But right now, like, I'm enjoying it, but I'm still questioning, like, you know, is this just a, a motive? Is this a ploy to get out of here? Or is this the guy realizing, hey, I'm in year 10. I need to do these things to fit in. And if I don't, then this is how the league sort of thinks about me. And Dave, you wrote about it. Like, this was this this was a critical juncture for, for Zach in his career. Like, if it was any time for him to be self-aware to realize this is what the league thinks about me. This is what I need to do to fit in with my team or maybe even other teams. Like this was going to be the inflection point. So maybe he's realized it, but I guess I'm still skeptical. Let's, let's find out. 
Yeah, I think it's very fair to be skeptical. Um, man, I have so many thoughts. I, I'll try to keep it <laughs> narrow on this. Um, one, what to touch what Mark Hayes said, if there's Zach Levine fans out there saying this is who Zach always has been, then you're not a Zach Levine fan because you ain't been watching Zach Levine. Zach ain't never been this, this kind of complete basketball player on both ends of the floor, taking efficient shots, not over-dribbling the basketball, finding and getting everyone involved, not forcing his offense on the team, not taking the ball and going one on five, taking catch and shoot shots, which we've been begging for for years and playing defense, the real straight up defense where he's not fouling everybody and not just swiping at the ball or just trying to steal the ball and then says, well, I didn't get it. Oh, well, no, that I've not seen this Zach to be, this is who we wanted Zach to be. We begged Zach to be this. It feels good to see him like this. Hearing Stacey King say that it was like five Zach Levines out there, I've never heard him say that about Zach Levine ever. All right, so Zach Levine, this is a totally different kind of basketball player. Two, the reason I understand it is because just like me, Zach is hard-headed, clearly, because he had to wait until the writing was on the wall, until they showed it to him like, look, you're not going to get this unless you do this. Oh, okay, all right, I understand now, okay. All right, everything makes sense. And then you go do it. You know, like I, I understand that some people, some people see fire. Like Mark K is the kind of guy who can see the fire and say, it's not, it's too damn hot. I'm not going anywhere near that. You're an idiot to even go anywhere near that. And then there's people like me and Zach who are like, well, how hot is it? <laughs> you know, like maybe I could go in there and, you know, let's find out. Oh, shit, that's really, really hot. Oh, man, let me go back here with Mark K. So that's that's what I kind of understand about Zach Levine and how he's approaching these kind of things. If this is the Zach we're going to get, and again, Marquez is correct to be skeptical because I am. If this is the Zach we're going to get, I don't want to trade him at all because he fits this perfectly. But I'm not sure that this is the Zach that we're going to continue to get. Like when the trade deadline passes and it's nothing hanging over him where he has to do these things, where it's like, right, this is where you're at. You got it. Oh, okay. Well, let me revert back to my old kind of ways. You know, you all can't get rid of me. This is the thing I do. I'm not completely sold on that. I love what I'm seeing. I absolutely adore what I am seeing from Zach Levine. It is truly helping the Bulls be a better basketball team, not just a winning team, but a better team. That's why I wasn't so mad at this loss because it was moments, especially in that first half, at the end of that second quarter, I'm looking at them on both sides of the ball and watching how Zach is playing. And I'm like, oh my God. This is what I've been wanting for years from this team. I'm thinking about Kobe and him as a backcourt duo. Like, I'm getting all those thoughts again. So, like like Marquez said, I, I wrote about it, that the Bulls need the things that he can provide, but he also needs what the Bulls can give him, which is the actual stage to showcase it. So, is he showcasing it, or is he showing the Bulls, this is why you should keep me? Right now, I'm leaning towards him showcasing it for the rest of the league because – that's what we've heard is that he and his representatives and the Bulls are actively seeking a trade for him. So I'm staying with that. But if he wants to be here and he's going to do that, I want him on the squad. Yes, absolutely. Johnny in the comments saying Zachary playing for a contractory. I mean, actually, Zach still has three more years of fully guaranteed yeah. money in the he's upwards fine. of $100 million territory. Yeah. I think it's not necessarily a new contract he's playing for, but a new team, uh, which, I, which I think I also saw someone else in the comments mention. Um, 
Alex saying Zach's playing for himself after all that trash talk. Um, the South Garcon, Levine is auditioning for his next squad, dot, 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 preferably Lakers. Dude, if if I see one more thing on Twitter about D'Angelo Russell coming to the polls, I'm going to freaking drown myself in my bathtub. Seriously. I Seriously. cannot. I cannot. Uh, <laughs> Chief C say, we live in a world where Kobe and Zach each drop 25 and 7 assists and the Bulls still lose to a team not even play-in eligible. I, again, the, the Bulls' offense was not the biggest issue tonight. Uh, yeah. You, you also, by the way, we barely, we kind of glossed over the fact that Demar had thirty nine on fifteen of twenty one, <laughs> and you get twenty five and seven from Zach and yeah. Kobe, yeah. and the Bulls lose. That's uh, that's wild. That is absolutely yeah. wild. Uh, Joey, do we have any super chats we got to get to, and then we'll get out of here and send everybody out on their merry weekends. Joey working behind the controls. The Duke. Shout out to the Duke who says, karma, no other way to put it. Fans deserve this loss and probably worse for booing that poor widow. She was invited tonight to celebrate her husband's part in the legacy of the Bulls dynasty. I'm disgusted. I am disgusted as well, Duke. Uh, Even as someone who, look, I I defend Jerry Krause's contribution to the organization. Was never a huge Jerry Krause fan, but that tonight was a different level of low and vile. Uh, the Duke, uh, also saying with another super chat, Reinsdorf is alive. I'll boo him till I'm blue in the face and call for him to sell the team. You and me, Duke, you and me. Uh, but when he passes on, I'm going to appreciate the nineties bulls that he gave us. And his, and if his wife receives an honor for him, I'm cheering for her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Boo, boo and a widow is just, that's, that's just... a different level of hate yeah, that's man. a different uh, y'all know how much hate i have in my heart seriously so much hate you, seriously <laughs> come on uh a- anything else joe that we got to get to super chat wise uh jay bliggity one two three with the super chat thank you sir say that was definitely a carbon loss holy shit dude's dead as soon as they did that i was in a bad mood for the rest of the game mm-hmm. i was embarrassed uh then geez couldn't miss uh then golden state couldn't miss after smh yeah i like we we saw the you know rebirth of the splash brothers in that third quarter and i was sitting there the whole time a struggling to focus on the game because of what we saw at halftime and b thinking this this feels like karma this truly feels like karma because whatever poser bulls fans filled that stadium tonight they didn't deserve to see a win after that behavior they truly didn't at least that's my opinion uh, any other super chats, Joe? Terrence Seven, shout out to you. Appreciate you. Kraus still won the broadest Pippin. Traded for Cartwright, Grant, and Rodman. With any of those moves, uh, we have no. Without any of those moves, we don't have six titles. Be better. Agreed. The man contributed to the dynasty. Um, that, that's just the way it is. Like again, this is the second like honorary ceremony spanning the past quarter century about the dynasty. Y'all want to get out your booze to Jerry Krause while he's still alive in 2011, honoring the 91 team? You did that. Check. It's been 15 more years since that. Mm-hmm. Get over it. Move on. For real. Which, again, is, again, I'm not blaming MJ solely for the behavior of Bulls fans in that stadium tonight. But, my God, the last dance. The vitriol and hate and resentment of Bulls fans towards Jerry Krause, mm-hmm. who is deceased, was it was gasoline on a almost dead fire. 
that documentary. Um, okay. Anything else, Joe? We got all of them? Wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, I know that we spent a lot more time talking about a, a Ring of Honor ceremony and the behavior of Bulls fans at the at the Madhouse tonight, um, in addition to talking about the game. Tough loss. I, honestly, I love what I saw from the Bulls in that first half. It was encouraging. Bulls back at it tomorrow, uh, heading down to San Antonio. Hopefully the Bulls can get out of Chicago because I'm pretty sure, you know, Winter Storm Phase 3 is happening as we speak. Uh, we will be not doing pregame tomorrow night, but we will have a live postgame for y'all following Bulls and Spurs. So be sure to tune in to our CHGO Sports YouTube channel for that. Uh, Mark, thank you for joining us today, man, for pregame and postgame. Always a pleasure. Everybody also, if you didn't catch it yesterday, check out his episode of Bulls HQ with our guy, Willie Go Gottlieb, that dropped yesterday. Uh, you can follow Will, Will underscore Gottlieb. Mark is at MK Hoops. Big Dave, bow, BAWL Sports. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHO underscore Bulls. Follow our producer and our pal, Joey Spathis, too. He is at Joey Spathis. He wants your thumbs. He needs your thumbs. Give the man your thumbs. Shout out to Georgia Lisa. Um, appreciate you, Bulls fans. Tough day. Weird day. We'll we'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> for Mark, for Will, for Big Dave, for Joey, everybody here at CHGO Sports, we love you and appreciate you so much, Bulls fans, true Bulls fans, uh, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great night. See you. Be good. Peace. <laughs> We all silly like the mayor. 